1: Welcome to Pod Maverick After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe. We're joining you a little after nine on Tuesday, July twenty fifth. We are in the dead of off season. Josh Bowe, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing okay. Um, it is it is the dead of off season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. we're just kind of we're rolling right into this. There's not a lot of maths news, but we got we can find stuff to talk about today. Oh yeah, no, there's and and. You know, there, talk about.
1: There's enough to kind of meander through to where I, I think we can have some good conversations. You know, the, the sometimes I judge like how much people are thinking Mavericks based off of of the the Mavs Moneyball Slack, um, hmm. which actually today was filled with a lot of like memes related to uh, it's always sunny and um, our guy Jack going to see Oppenheimer and you know things of that nature. But it's it's um. You know, it's it's nice to be to be ta- talking. I meant to record on Friday, but like work just got in the way. So I'll try to figure out a, a way to do that this Friday, just so we can continue to talk to the fans about things that that they're interested in. Um, news wise, there's just not a ton going on. Today was the first uh, the first game, like kind of friendly preparation for Slovenia um, against China. Uh, And I don't – Luca didn't play in that game. Um, One of the things that's that's interesting to remember is that there's a ton of kind of like FIBA and NBA like agreement type stuff where these guys that play for their national teams have like – it's not super strict, but you got to pay attention to how many like days and games they can be with their national team. I don't entirely understand why that is um i'm sure some of our overseas commenters can can tell um can tell basically what's going on with that uh i would be interested to know the the reasons why um because you know i think we would like to see see all these guys play but the you know the world cup stuff kicks off into gear here shortly you know we did have like a piece of of kind of it's it's Mavs news, but like we just flat out didn't cover it because we're all being kind of lethargic at Mavs Moneyball, uh, which is fine with me. Uh, but the the news that killed me was this totally bizarre uh, riff and and uh, between uh, Dennis Schroeder and Maxie Kleber, where Dennis, uh, kind of merc- mercurial Dennis, went on a podcast and basically accused Maxi. Of like kind of quitting on Germany last year. Uh, the weird part is is that Maxi was hurt. So it was like it it was truly, it didn't really make a lot of sense. And Maxi just kind of threw his hands up and said, okay, I'm, I'm just not gonna I, I don't wanna don't want this to be a distraction. I'm just not gonna play, you know, try out and play for the team. And Germany's pretty loaded with NBA talent, so I don't think he would have really gotten much, much burn anyway. Um, which is kind of funny considering he's like a key Mavericks rotation player. Um, but that that was that was odd. What did you think about that, Josh? Uh
2: that's just, just um Dennis Schroeder being Dennis Schroeder. I mean uh aren't there some whispers? You know, Dirk Dirk did not like him on which when they played on the national team? Yeah, because Dirk likes everyone. I mean, yeah. Dirk will even he will he will shake D- Dwayne Wade's hand and like be friendly with Dwayne Wade, but like somehow Dennis Schroeder is the one guy that like, he, he just did mm-hmm. not like. So mm-hmm. I thought that was just kind of typical for him. Um, well, it's why he, Dennis it, is a bad guy. He's just, you know, he just, he just likes to to run. Lacks
1: self-awareness. Yeah. Like, remember he turned down the four for 80 extension from the Lakers. And now he's playing on like a minimum yeah. deal with Toronto. Like just and
2: odd. It, if I remember when he was in OKC, like I think he thought like he should be starting. Even though Wes, Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. was still there. Like, He's always uh kind of had that. He's kind of like point guard Christian Wood in a way, maybe a little bit better. <laughs> I mean, he's clearly a good leader. basketball player. Right. Yeah, do yeah. you
1: remember do you remember last offseason he was tearing it up? Yeah. And and qualifying stuff, and all sorts of Mass fans are like why bad. don't we go? Why don't we go sign this guy? And this is and <laughs> this is why.
2: Um uh, and poor Maxie, cause like you really like, dude, like I can't even imagine him playing international like he can already barely make it through an NBA season right now with the way mm-hmm. his body is kind of uh, aging. Like the idea of him playing an international schedule and then playing, you know, an NBA, like, I don't know. I just, it, it was totally understandable for him. So that's why I don't know why Dennis got so uh, upset about it. Uh, that was probably the weirdest part. It's like, dude, have you, have you seen this? He had a torn hamstring last year. He was hurt a bunch the year before that. Like this guy probably cares a little bit more about preserving his NBA future right now. Cause he probably doesn't know how many contracts he has left in his career. Yeah. And so,
1: just to kind of so so Dwight Powell is also playing for the Canadian national team. Uh he was in a pro AM up in um, up in Canada and had like a 35 point triple double
2: mm-hmm. which
1: people I was I uh, uh I want to say it was SJ who posted the the picture of it on Twitter. I missed it in Instagram entirely and I had people asking if it was like photoshopped which just absolutely killed me. <laughs> um, the, the interesting part about these these World Cup things is there's a ton of friendly tune-ups leading into it. So our our own Meta Robinson, I woke up this morning to like six messages from her. She, she started looking into like when Slovenia was playing and then realized they were playing that day and then just basically compiled their schedule as it is right now. It's up on asmoneyball.com. But it's worth me sort of reading out in case you're interested, because I think a lot of us are basketball brained and we're thinking, all right, the the you know, the various teams that are participating, you know, uh, will head to the Philippines at the end of August. So we're like, all right, we have a month to kill. What are we going to do for a month? What are the things we're going to argue about for a month? Mm -hmm. Well, here's the thing. If you're a true sicko and I really do. qualify anybody that's listening to this podcast in late July as that status uh you can go find some of these games so the the uh they play the Slovenian national team plays uh Greece in Slovenia on August 2nd and as of right now Luca and Giannis are both expected to play and it's like that's probably last year when um uh janice tentacupo played in serbia against um jokic it was one Mm -hmm. of the best games like one of the best games of the year period because the atmosphere was just outstanding and obviously i expect the Slovenians just to totally bring it um let me see here then they play again in athens two days later uh and so i i something about just the way those games are, are are um structured i bet I bet both guys will art will want to play both times, but I, I something about that just feels it's tough. Because again, like we're talking August second, August fourth, they play again August eighth against Croatia. Oh, then games. they right, then they they head to Spain for August eleventh. They go against Team USA August twelfth. They play Japan August nineteenth. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. These are friendlies. That's a lot of basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're looking my 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 point is and is that there's just a lot. Okay, that the chat is noting that that Giannis as a mate probably won't play because of a, a knee injury. So thank you for that, guys. I've a little out of touch with my NBA news, even though I listen to podcasts all day long. <laughs> at this point, it's it's kind of um it's kind of background noise for my head.
2: Well, and all of them are just basically Damian Lillard updates at this point. Right. <laughs> They're which stretching I just, that story out as
1: long as they can. Which, I mean, shout out to yeah. Damian Lillard, who's probably what he has been the most well liked superstar in terms of media coverage. Like, everybody just like, gushes over him. Good guy mm-hmm. by all accounts, but like, what he's done here in this trade request and trying to force his way to a specific team has tested everyone's limits, including other players like Austin rivers saying on a podcast that it's bad for the NBA is wild. <laughs> so anyway, um, so there, there's just a, a fair amount of basketball. If you really want to go watch it now, how to watch some of this stuff, quite honestly, you're going to have to find streams. Um, People on Twitter will probably share some things. It's a little bit difficult to watch some of these friendly-related things, but it's it's worth it if you want to watch just a very different basketball environment. Because these forty-minute games are a lot more like the pace can, I mean, really vary. But you cut eight minutes off of an NBA game, you basically the longer an NBA game is, the more likely the better team wins, but in 40 minute games, you have real chances for upsets. So these games can be, these games can be really fun. And, and, you know, the world cup, yeah, the world cup should be on ESPN. And with it, these games being in the Philippines, it'll be at times where all of us should be able to watch. I mean, you might be getting up a little bit early, but that's fine. I watched the the 2008 Olympics um, in the middle of the night. It was great. I love, I just, I don't know. I really like international basketball, um, the commentators are different. It makes me appreciate NBA refs, which is always hysterical. Um, there's just you know, it's it's one of those things to where if you want to overread into Lucas Fitness, go right on ahead. Uh, and and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he looks like because I mean, he's he stated this, and we're just gonna have to keep bringing it up. He's mentioned, you know, like I think playing for his country is more it's it's more important to him on an emotional level than than winning an nba championship and i i just i respect the honesty you know winning a you know an olympic gold like winning an olympic medal i don't know if it was gold medal but olympic medal is is really really something um mm-hmm for him and I don't blame him because again you know what one of the things that cracks cracked me up was when his talk came mm-hmm. here last year he mentioned like the Dallas Fort Worth like Metroplex area is like bigger than than Slovenia yeah. like <laughs> yeah. so it's like okay you know it's pretty crazy when you think about it in terms of population size you know
2: yeah
1: well, what else are we thinking about you uh you had a top-notch joke to leave <laughs> off the day and I, I I sort of think it's worth Sort of discussing just because. Okay. So why don't you know? You don't got to explain your joke, but why don't you just just sort of mention what you think is sort of going on in the Mavs social media sphere at this point in time?
2: Yeah, I think it's and to be fair, it's not specific to the Mavs. No, uh, I've saw a lot of people like, oh, this is what the Lakers or Lakers fans are doing now, and this is what other you know teams and other sports are doing right now. I think it's just kind of natural. For fans to just want the next move you just you it's like you know you get excited you want to be excited again so i've just thought it's been funny the last like two weeks how much chatter there has been over the remaining free agent pool guys like kelly Oubre, uh derrick jones jr and then you know jalen noel who um got uh some additional interest because i think a minnesota Sports radio guy or Minnesota Wolves insider said something about how the Mavericks had interest in Noel. and Noel, it's Noel, right? Or is it Noel?
1: I don't know. Um, <laughs> I've never seen the guy play. He <laughs> probably not doesn't hear lie. Yeah, like,
2: and it's very funny how all it takes is that, and all of a sudden. You got 30 Mavs fans on Twitter or you got Mavs fans on Twitter being like, Oh, I've i oh yeah, I'm big Noel guy. I like I want Noel. In never the seen him play. You've Don't. never like you've yeah. only watched him when he's played the Mavericks. And to be fair, I think he had an 18-point game this season mm. against Dallas, which is you know follows the trend line of guys that kill the Mavericks and the Mavericks <laughs> that I'm interested in. So I get it, but it's also like we were digging at the we are at the bottom of the barrel, we were circling the drain. Uh, and the idea of adding like another mid guard to a, a roster that has six guards, at least already that are, that would be better than him. Uh, I didn't, I didn't really understand people running with that rumor. Uh, especially when it's not sourced from like, you know, a Mavericks affiliated guy, like if it was from McMahon or Stein or, or Cato, or, you know, the guys that we trust that are usually on point with the Mavericks, I would get it. But like a random Minnesota radio guy saying this, I'm just like, come on guys. Let's. I know the off season is slowing down, but uh let's 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 calm down a little bit because um, I think nothing I think they're pretty much done unless just like one of these trades open up for them. I don't think they're gonna sign anyone
1: yeah and and I don't either and and the trade element of this, so there's you know Stein reported a couple of weeks ago, you know, maybe there's still something in Atlanta. that sort of feels like a staring match of who right. wants to give in the Mavericks quite reasonably in my opinion, at least have decided that they're not going to put the 2027 first, which is the last one they can trade right now into anything that's, a, that's <laughs> in the current sphere. And I think that's, I, I, I think that's fantastic because it sort of sets the baseline. Now I've been reading, I was reading a lot of our comments. uh love the comments to, to the video, by the way, guys, I, I always, I read every comment that we have out there. Um, I do understand the trepidation about the Mavs center rotation. I really, really understand that. Um, But I think you just got to go with who, you know, fans hate Dwight Powell or love Dwight Powell. There's kind of no in-between. I think Lively will end up getting more burn. Grant Williams will probably play some five with Dallas going in kind of like wonky, like small ish lineups, but maybe not like just kind of odd size positionally. Like you maybe play maxi at, you know, you have grant guard, the five maxi guard, a four with some help. Like there's, Mm -hmm. there's some real interesting, like not kind of, you know, frightening, I guess to some fans, but the center thing is just not going to fix itself. I, 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 I was I've been reading a lot of social media comments to this effect, where it's uh, some of our more hardcore on online and active fans are sort of still disappointed in the front office that they didn't move on from McGee. As critical as I am all the time, I still am of the position that they did so much in one summer that I can I, You know, I, I would have liked them to do more, but I have a hard time being critical because as much as you know the, the McGee contract was the worst contract of the last offseason for any NBA team somebody in the chat uh Patrick is is saying you know how do we get rid of McGee i mean by all intents the <laughs> they like they really might just waive him like he's yeah. not going to be on the team according to a couple like i want to say it was stein
2: yeah. like
1: the, they're seeing if they can move him but they can't like he's an awful contract um which was particularly weird because the Mavericks instagram post had him in Spain doing some training. Like uh, it was very odd. I'm just like, what what is McGee training for? Like he, he it's 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 very, very frustrating um yeah. with the McGee stuff. And I understand the fans' trepidation with it, but I'm just kind of it is what it is. And I think you know people are are gonna be, you know, you you'll have your growing pains with lively, right?
2: Right. I think the weird thing is you know, you talked about the staring contest, staring contest that they're having, like with the Hawks. Like the Mavericks are in a position where they don't, they don't need to be desperate anymore because they kind of checked a lot of their boxes. Mm-hmm. You know, they got Grant Williams, um, you know, Exum and, and Curry. You know, they, they were obviously guys that they were wanting to get in free agency. They got those guys. You know, the only thing that they didn't get was was Thibel. And to be honest, you know, that's probably a good thing, um, despite what the Mavericks <laughs> might might feel about it. But, you know, they got Lively and they got Prosper in the draft. Like, I I don't see the urgency to trade for a center when you just use the 12th pick on a a center. And I understand that Lively might not be able to start right away, but, like, Clint Capella's got, like, I think another two years on his contract. Like, I I just – that's just – that's not a position of concern for me. Like, I would rather just roll with Lively or roll with Dwight. It'd be one thing –
1: it'd be one thing if they somehow, like, moved – I mean, I guess you got to move Tim to get him to a degree, but – if you thought that Lively was the finish piece on turning this team from like a four seed or a five seed into a two seed, maybe you pull that trigger. Right. But right now, a lot of the, the you know, if you were to rank the teams, the Mavericks are still in the playing area. They just are. Um, the thing about that is like when you remove Luca from last year's team, they were like, bottom 10 like yeah they they tanked and got into the bottom 10 but like they were really extraordinarily awful last year um I I still sort of hold my my like weird hot take is that if they hadn't have traded for Kyrie I think they might have like trudged forward and maybe finished like ninth or eighth in the west or figured something out or if Luca hadn't have hurt his heel I think the Mavericks might have made the playoffs like between those two things but the team, the broader team was really lacking. It, it's we all know that now, and that's mm-hmm. okay. But I'm I'm willing to say that I I'm sort of okay with the Mavericks being seven, eight, nine right now, because I also could see a universe where they project up into five, six if they get on a good roll. Like yeah. we're sort of underestimating, like I don't want to say everybody's underestimating Luca, but if if Luca plays a lot, the Mavericks are gonna win a lot. When Luca plays, the Mavericks win. This is a a trend because Luca's the top five NBA player. Like it shouldn't be that. It's just they don't play like they they rested him for eight games and treated him. And you treat Luca like he's a he's a fragile flower, and then you know it's a self fulfilling prophecy when he hurts himself that had doing nothing that rest would have prevented. Like you yeah. just gotta play the guy.
2: Yeah, and that's gonna make a big difference. And again, I just you know. Capella just isn't the type of piece. I mean, I guess if if again if the deal is like if it's Hardaway and not and Fluff, then you you know you're trading from a surplus because they have so many yep. guards. They have to move a guard. They they're not going to be able to play all these guys. And I guess it makes a little more sense. But again, you know, I like you you use the you, the best draft pick you're ever going to have for the rest of Lucas' time in Dallas. Uh, knock on wood, you know. Obviously, you hope you hope that twelve is is the best pick that they have with Luca. Right. Um, Use it on on a center. So, like, you obviously believe in this guy to be the starter. And I just like this isn't baseball. He's not going to play in double A for for three or four years before he could. <laughs> like he will he will come up to speed and be ready to play maybe as soon as by like February of next year. You know, being like a regular rotation twenty minute plus you know per game guy. So right. I, again, I just don't see. Like, why do you need Capella there? Or either roadblocking his development, um, not just this season, but, you know, a season beyond that. So that, that part just doesn't make sense to me. And especially, like you said, like, I don't think Capella turns them into, you know, they're in that 8 to 10 range right now. Like, maybe, like, that he doesn't move the needle enough for me. Uh, to make it worth it like maybe I do understand some, like, why system. fans feel that way though yeah, like I know. we have a position guys... has been cursed for like 10 mm-hmm. years and, and, all, and whole franchise
1: well it's, there's a couple folks in our in our comments that that think that he might make make a difference and i i will simply say that i understand feeling that way i just it's to me at the moment it's not worth giving up that one last asset that's where i am so it's like if the staring contest goes through and the Hawks are finally like, okay, we just need to take a step back to take a step forward. Because don't, isn't, isn't a Kongwu their their other center? Yes, they're trying so to he, get him. there's he's they're, better than, than yes. Capella. So. Right. So it's like maybe the Mavericks win that staring contest and they're just like, okay, we will figure this out because.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop mypatriotsupply.com today. Mypatriotsupply.com.
1: I, I don't know. I would really like to see that. Um, the one thing that I, that you know, you, you touched on something that spawned, I, I want to say I haven't listened to this podcast, so I really hope I'm not misstating it. But that I want to say, Brian, it was Brian Damaris on the on the Take That With You podcast, kind of made an, a bit of an offhand comment, you know, going through talking about rotations. That as of right now, he sort of thought Jaden Hardy might be the odd man out, and so that speaks to the need to move Tim to me.
2: Yeah, yeah, because there's, I mean, what it's Luca Kyrie are starting. They're playing thirty plus minutes every time they they, they play, mm-hmm. and then you've got Seth. Seth and Tim, which are veteran proven veterans that are probably going to get the first shot. And then, you know, you have Hardy and Exum. And it's like, you know, where are you going to play all those guys? Because the thing is, is like none of those guys, aside from Luca, can really play up a position. Like, you know, Hardy cannot play three. He has to be a one or the two. Like, he cannot be your three. We've seen Tim be the three um, for the last couple of seasons when they try. And that's not great because he's not big enough uh, to play the three for extended minutes um Seth is is very much a two or one like he's a small like these are not just it's not like these are six five six six guards these are six four six three six two guards the Mavericks have so it just limits your versatility a little bit so I just don't see where the minutes are going to come from and obviously like Hart I would want to see Hardy play more than you know, maybe even Seth Curry or Tomarave Junior, because he's the future. But this you know, is this is
1: know. an interesting comment. I want to address this. So, so our, our friend Zachary in the chat says Hardy is better than Seth in a one-on-one contest. In a in a team format, I I think that is is, is they're two kind of very different things. Seth Curry is quite literally the best NBA shooter or NBA three-point shooter in history. Like it's not question like statistically that he's he's insane hardy's pretty damn good shooter in his own right on the catch and shoot i think it's a matter of like what roles do you envision these guys playing and i think they would play very different roles seth is very injury prone like that's not even remotely a question so
2: injuries might solve a lot of this right and And i and that's where it's like look
1: at this and and you look at the depth (laughs) that the mavericks have right now I don't feel like I'm, I'm getting sold a line of horseshit. Like, well, folks forget about Frank. I feel like the Mavericks depth right now is like playable, interesting depth that I want to see. Like I want, you know, I don't want to pine for, you know, that that was part of the issue. Like I had, you know, I spent my weekend doing weird stuff on Twitter occasionally where I had the, like a rash of people telling me that, um, the heck's his name. I'm already losing my mind with, uh, who's my least favorite Dallas Maverick last year. Theo. Theo. People tell me that, like, Theo's fine and Theo's an NBA player because I made the statement that Theo Penson is a top 1,500 player on planet Earth, (laughs) but there's 450 NBA slots. And so that's not a knock against them. It's just there's this, you know, 100-person – so the back half of every roster, the back five players, is pretty interchangeable with guys who aren't in the league. Like, this is – I've watched enough basketball. This is the truth. And so I I use – when when what the Mavericks did last year was assemble a team a team where seven guys like you go through I need to just pull up the basketball reference page reference Dallas Mavericks this is just great podcasting (laughs) um the the this is this is guys who got minutes last year and and these guys are not NBA players like full stop not NBA players Composo Tyler Dorsey um AJ Lawson uh, Frank Nilikina, Theo Penson, Chris Silva, Kimball Walker, McKinley Wright. The Dallas Mavericks had like seven or eight guys who are legitimately gray area NBA players at best. Now, what they've done this offseason, and this circles back to the Seth and to the Hardy and to yeah. the, the, the 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 where the Mavericks are going. Um there's there's some depth there that I like, or at least that I'm interested in. Like Dante Exum is a big six-five. He's a big six five. Grant Williams is a thick six <laughs> six. All these guys have plus wingspans. Jaden Hardy has a lot long arms. You know, Josh Green is the only one who I don't believe is like his listed size. Actually, I don't think uh, uh, Jaden Hardy's six uh, four either. But they have really big wingspans, so it's like I'm interested in some of this stuff. Uh, and and I think that makes the Mavericks at least different. Hopefully, it makes them better. And I think like that depth over the course of the year will pay off in ways where it really chewed up the Mavericks in, mar- in, in the margins. Cause that's where Dallas, you know, you did this at the end of the year, looking at some of the lineups, they just got crushed in specific areas. And I'm hopeful that, that they've done enough to where, you know, they win four to five more coin flip games than, than where they got got, you know?
2: Yeah. And that's a good point. You, you know, you do look at the log jam at guard, but now it's like, okay, where last season where if Luca was out or if they needed to dip into the the 12, 13, 14 spots on the roster, like you said, it was Theo, it was Frank, it was McKinley-Wright, now it's Seth Curry, Hardy, you know, Exum. Like, that is a legitimate, like, upgrade. Like, you know, you look at their roster right now, and while, yeah, they probably need some more, um, like, starting wing-level talent, but I think you feel confident that if they have to go to the end of their bench in a case of like break, break, break class in case of emergency, you feel a little bit more confident in those, those selections than you did a year ago. Yes. Uh, and that's a, that's a big win. Cause remember we were talking about like, it always felt like they didn't care. Like once they got past like spot 10 on the roster, it felt like they just kind of didn't care. I mean, they didn't care.
1: <laughs> like that's like, it's not a feeling yeah. like, like oh, just again, Facundo Compazzo is a five foot 10, 190 pound like when he was at his peak he was an incredible basketball player he's not at his peak there's just no other way around that yeah. and and you know you get guys like so you know again mckinley Wright filled in admirably he tried his best but they put you know putting these guys it's and i hear everybody says to me it's like oh why are we arguing about the 14th 15th man 82 games guys mm-hmm. like look at the these like you go look at and again nobody's arguing with me about this in the chat. This is just kind of like the big picture of it all. And when I'm in real life and when I'm in comments and stuff like that. But you go look at the like go look at the Nuggets roster. Tell me who you think is a wasted roster spot from their finals team. Go I mean the Miami Heat maybe a little different. Um the Celtics are just a great example of this where they had to make a business decision on losing like their their ninth guy in Grant Williams and he becomes The Mavericks' fourth best player. (laughs) Yeah. Like, this is the sort of stuff. So it's like when you bolster that back end, I feel like it maybe becomes a mild floor raiser. So somebody asked in the chat, are are, are we buying into the Exxon hype? And I'm like, no. But if he comes out and he looks decent, that's a huge win. Frank Nilakina was never good. He had one good, like, he guarded the crap out of Devin Booker in an important series. And I don't want to take that away from him. So in in terms of being a 16 game player, he was very important to the Mavericks, but on a game to game basis, he was awful, unplayable, can't shoot, can't dribble, can't pass. He could defend, but it's just, you can't like two seasons of that was enough for me. So I'm, I'm more than anything else. And this is probably just a rose colored glasses. And again, for me of all people, I'm just looking forward to seeing new faces and new things.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. I mean, that's what we've been wanting. We, like the roster reached its expiration date and they finally kind of put some, you know, put the new faces in there. And yeah, Exum, I don't know. I mean, he's, it really is quite the upgrade over, you know, the, the Frank spot, just thinking about, you know, his overall game. I mean, and Exum was like a, he was a much more highly regarded uh, draft prospect coming yep. into his draft than That's Frank right. was. Like, yeah. so, uh, you know, he still has a lot of talent. Um, he's all, well, he's put on like, he, He's put on weight for
1: the NBA too. Like he's listed. I'm just looking at him right now in basketball reference. He's listed at six, five and two fourteen, And like it, he looks bigger than that, man. He looks like, like kind of a, you know, like he, like he could potentially guard small forwards on occasion if given, if given the task. So I'm, I'm just, I'm looking forward to that. And so it's like the center stuff. And we, you know, we kind of walked down a bit of a winding path in this regard. Um, David Sanchez asks, "How did How did DeAndre Jordan help the Nuggets last year? I mean, that's that that. But that's your fifteenth guy. That's a great point. But that that's your. How many fifteenth guys did the Mavericks have? (laughs) Like Like they had four, four, five. (laughs) Like you know, like again, we we believed in Kimba Walker for a week and a half till the Mavericks played his knees out against the Cavaliers. (laughs) Like." (laughs)
2: he didn't even play a game yet and the gm was already like uh hey he's probably not going to play you know he's, his yeah. knees
1: are gone they killed him in one game it was yeah. like viscerally upsetting because i was my my good friend dwight uh, uh from twitter we were arguing about kemba almost the whole year and it's like they just axed the guy because they they played him so much and and one and i'm just i'm looking forward to the elements of depth, depth because you know now i've been um i don't want to do this tonight but like um, there was a, an interesting sort of like, should the Mavericks extend Josh Green? My short answer is yes, but I was listening to a podcast about it and it's like, <sighs> it's just, it, it, there, there's so much to, to where the, the Mavericks can be different this year that I'm, I'm really excited to like, see what that looks like is all, I don't
2: know. Yeah. It just makes business sense for, for Josh. Um, like this is, this is like the year for Josh, like. Mm -hmm. Um, because right now I think he's penciled in as the starting three. Fascinating to me. I don't (laughs) think he's a three. (laughs) I know, but like, what? Who? You know, they're they're not going to start a rookie. And the other option is Tim Hardaway Jr. I know, but you come on, you know, kid's not going to do that. But uh, uh, the other option is Tim Hardaway Jr. And I think kid kid always wants to lean on defense first, and then he always is like, okay, fine, I'll put in the offensive lineup if these guys can't guard. Um, so I think, you know, he'll probably lean towards Josh. Um, but yeah, this is a big year because, I mean, we've seen some numbers like rumored like he could be like four for 60, four for 70 in terms of extension number uh, for his mm-hmm. next contract, which is like, mm, like if he continues his trajectory, maybe. But yeah. yeah he's gotta he's gotta he's gotta take another step. Sam Vicini
1: of of the of the athletic and of um game theory, like him and his podcast host was like, well, if you don't lock him in now, he could maybe if he continues on this path, he could go get you know four for a hundred. and I'm just like, I don't know
3: <sighs> i I see
1: a very different Josh, and I have a hard time being fair about Josh. and I went and looked at his game log. There's a stretch at the end of the season where he balls out and then falls off an absolute <laughs> cliff. Where he yep. goes from scoring like 20 to scoring 4. And yep. Josh's next big step will be will be uh consistency. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because he was good last year. Like there's just there's no question about that. Uh Yeah. The, the he had two really rough moments. One when kid like just recklessly started Justin Holiday over him and then the second was when Austin Reeves became his father. That was a really tough, tough moment. Like he I'm serious. Like he, no, he, he no. was he was bad after Josh Reeves sun him. That was really something else. Um, but you know, that stuff happens over the course of basketball. I'm I'm Oh, oh! This is a good fact. JC in the comments says the Mavs really have seven first rounders on the team. I like that you pointed that out because that's been one of my big bugaboos for the past five years, where you go through pedigree. And I know,
2: yeah, so you know, many one, undrafted and second round. Picks once a guys
1: or... in the league, guys in the league. Bobby Corrala mm-hmm. told me that once, and it's a good point. But I think they're just that that element of it is is really smart uh, because I like I like some pedigree. Um, mm-hmm. Josh did not clamp up Austin in that clip like austin reeves cursed at him on national tv and josh green looked like he had like been bitten was terrifying um austin reeves is nuts uh <laughs> he's like the guy, that dude i cannot believe the lakers got that guy that restricted contract that, I know, that right.
2: and that boy your pepperdine boy
1: yes i just i really wish that like the san antonio spurs would have thrown like a like a confusing yeah, what are they doing yeah, just, just damn on. spurs help us yeah. out yeah help us out yeah. So, um, uh, what else do we got? Is there kind of anything uh, sm- in, in your crawl? Like we we've had some, you know, we we've we've posted a little bit. Like do do we do we think anything of um the the kind of the 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 inching around like the weight comments? Like I, I've kind of you know, uh, Tim Cato in his last mailbag says the the Mavericks key figures have talked to Doncic about Doncic. About create uh, decreasing his preferred playing weight this summer. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that comment because I not, oh, go ahead. I mean, it's not it's playing weight. It's mm-hmm. don't put on weight during the season.
2: Yeah, that's I was gonna I was gonna say the same thing too. Uh, like we put
1: on weight during the season. We don't play basketball though. We watch basketball,
2: right? Because <laughs> uh, I mean, the last couple seasons, I think well, He's maybe. Better. Yeah, I mean, last season he started well and it was obvious, you know, it just, it, like you said, it's rare because usually guys play themselves into shape and Luca sometimes finds a way to play himself out I, of shape. This is the best comment He's,
1: we've ever received. <laughs> Ragarian says in the chat, Scott Steiner voice, you're fat. <laughs> oh, that's peak. I, yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
2: No, yeah, but so, yeah, that's going to be the key is can you keep it up? And also, again, you know, I think part of it is like last season, especially, like, I mean, his usage was just out of control before Kyrie. I mean, like, like I know everyone loves that 60-2020 game. And obviously, it's like historic. It's incredible. Um, he was but not like, the
1: same after that seven-game stretch.
2: Yeah. Like, there were, what, what, what were he like, averaged like 45 points per game over five games or something? Seven games. Yeah. And it was, and again, it's like he needed 50 to beat the Rock. Like, you should not need 50 from Luca to beat the beat the Rockets. The so, lock, like, yeah. they, they really need to find a way, um, not rest. You know that, and that's kind of why they probably why they rested him because they felt like his usage was unsustainable. So they got to find a way to keep play him more games, but ease the burden uh, in the games so that he's not playing 38 minutes of the most high stress, high leverage basketball. Every other that's day. way more so like the that's weight more important thing, than the resting, you know. The weight
1: thing I think is overblown because let's just go through this. And I've been very critical of his weight, to be clear. 2019, 2020, he came into shape, he came into season in the best shape that he was probably ever yep. so far as a Maverick. And then they started off 16 and five. He then showed up at the bubble later that year looking like Superman. Because there was like a weird time period where we didn't know when we were going to play basketball again following the bubble, Luca got really out of shape. And there was criticism of like the commentary around it, but Tim McMahon has since confirmed that he showed up to camp the third year, so like Christmas of 2020, weighing 272, which respect, that's. Impressive as a as a as a pair of thick gentlemen ourselves. We can we can really that's
2: the closest we've felt to being NBA players. That's right.
1: Um, (laughs) I weighed 235 today. I was psyched. Um (laughs) I'm gonna get made fun of for that. Whatever, I'm six foot three. Uh and and so then next then year four, I think he was okay. And I think last year he was okay. I think it it becomes a side effect because there's games where he looks. Weighed like like metaphorically and then physically like weighed down by the expectations yeah. and by the usage. And so, if they're going to talk to him about something, they need to talk to him about that.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's and now the thing is, you know, the Kyrie trade happened midseason, so it's hard to expect him to change a lot of his game. But you've got an off you've got training camp. Like this is the season where, like. L- You know, Luca doesn't have help. Obviously, the roster still needs to be better. Like, it's not a title-contending roster. But he finally, you know, he has a co-star, and he had a co-star. You know, we didn't maybe know how good of a co-star he was, Jalen Brunson. Um, But he's now had, you know, between Brunson and Kyrie, those are two player, two teammates that can shoulder the offensive burden. Uh, So we need to eventually see a shift, I think, from Luca to where he just doesn't have to do everything.
1: But just for his own, just to preserve his own. But it's not Luca doesn't have
2: to.
3: Luka right.
1: wants to do that. This, no, I know, this yeah, is I know. that's the part that frustrates that's, me. That's what has to change. I would really like it if if they were like, look, man, instead of being a hammer in the first quarter, be a hammer in the fourth quarter. Let Kyrie Irving destroy teams in the opening period, run them ragged, and you be the you know the Pied Piper, you know, <laughs> throwing passes up the court, rebounding, basically playing power forward, and let Kyrie go to work because Kyrie is amazing in first quarters. Um, him and Luca were, I think, among the league's best first quarter scorers. Mm-hmm. Um, and as brilliant as Kyrie was in occasional fourth quarters, but I think like using Luca as that hammer in the fourth is the way to go. Where okay, if his usage rate in fourth quarters is thirty five percent, who cares? Who cares? You are right. crushing teams.
2: So long as his usage isn't thirty eight in the first quarter.
1: Bingo. Let it be in the low twenties and orchestrate and get people involved. And hopefully, it, to be you know, to be fair to him, I think he tries. But it's just like. There have been times where nobody could dribble, but they don't have that problem anymore.
2: Yeah, right. That's the other aspect of it. So, like before the Kyrie trade, I mean, yes, he likes to play like that, but also he had to. Uh, And then the Kyrie trade happens, and you're not going to get a giant stylistic change midseason. These guys don't – you know, they don't practice. Like they they do shoot-arounds and walkthroughs. They just don't have time to practice with the way the NBA schedule is and and trying to preserve bodies. So Mm -hmm. now that they've got a summer, they've got a training camp, like – if it's still we're rolling out in October, November, December, and it's like the your turn, my turn, Kyrie sitting in the corner while Luca's doing everything, like then it's gonna be like okay, like we gotta like something, you gotta change up
3: something there. So,
1: Ooh. uh Brian can't. Brian says Kyrie needs to be the fourth quarter killer because Luca can't make free throws. But the, it's it's a funny yeah. comment, but mm-hmm. that that plays back into how exhausted that he's looked in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. um and and i just think there's there's ways to where you know i know he wants to put his imprint on things but that would be that would be kind of where my head is um obviously we'll be talking about this a ton but i just he's got it like like to me the weight issue is much less interesting than the control issue um I it's i saw like a weird meme where it was like you know so somebody's showing a it was like a picture of, uh, it was a great tweet, it made me laugh, it just wasn't true. It was like uh, the Mavs front office showing uh, Luca the points per possession on fast breaks versus post-ups. And it's like, well, the Mavericks on like Luca, like a, a Luka Doncic post-up on a point per possession level might be the single best play in the league. Like he, he's like damn near unstoppable down there. So that one, that one made me laugh. Mm -hmm. Christopher says kid needs to actually draw some plays and schemes for them. Luca has to run them is the thing. The man wants to run a high, like a high pick and roll and get the switch that he wants again, not a criticism because he's an offense unto himself. It's just, there's elements of this, where I would rather see that closing than starting.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: Well, we rambled for, for 43, 44 yeah, minutes. That's what? Good. uh yeah, I, I think that's pretty good. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm pleased with that. We're supposed to do two shows a week during the summer. I don't know, like um like Nick and Isaac, I think they have to do like four, maybe five shows a week during the off season. Yeah, which it
2: every weekday. Woo, brother.
1: Yeah, those and that's that's tough. Like I've got like a list of things we could go to because I always kind of think about this. But what ends up happening is like Josh and I go about our work days and then we forget. And then I will message him almost every Monday. Hey, do you want to record tonight? And that then he's like, no, because it's Monday. Like, who wants to do more work on a Monday? <laughs> then today we we get like halfway through it. We record, and now we're here, and we'll uh, we'll be back next week. Um, we'll kid do a leadership council again. Oh my God, great question. We should that that's that's let's just come up with uh, with with leadership council ideas. Um, I'll try to record uh, a live show Friday. Record a live show, so we'll just be looking for that. I'll try to schedule it probably maybe mid-afternoon, like I've been doing. Um, come on, we can talk basketball, ask ask me questions. Uh, maybe I'll do a mailbag podcast. I know some people don't really like to um to hop on and, and do those sorts of things. We do have this uh this this email address, maverick podcast at gmail.com if you would like to, to send us questions. Um, I've not asked people to subscribe to the show. That would be very helpful. I should have done that earlier on. Um, if you could really appreciate it. You know, we do lots of shows during the season right now. Josh and I are kind of mentally uh taking a little bit of a vacation, but we'll uh we'll continue to pump out the content. There's been there's a great story in Mavs Moneyball today, uh, about Jelly Walker. Uh, our our guy Doyle Raider got to speak with him extensively. I uh, really liked how that piece turned out. Um We've have had some WNBA content from our man Christian and I know that's not everybody's, you know, thing, but I just, I, I like the fact that he's willing to write about it. We had a wonderfully funny piece about guessing where each uh, Dallas Mavericks player sides on the Barbenheimer front. <laughs> Love that a great deal. Um, And then I, I think people three or four, I got three or four things turned in today that we're going to have to, to dole out the next couple of uh, days. Um. Thank you so much guys for, for, you know, hanging out with us here. 91 people. I know we're not, you know, we're not locked on MABS. We don't do 30,000 views, which kudos to them. That's, that's a uh, tons of work. Emergency podcast. When we get Killian Hayes. God. Yes. <laughs> yes. I promise. Yes. I promise. Um, Ryan asked, are, are you going to do a new call for contributors to Mabs Moneyball? at the moment? we got like 26 people, not kidding. <laughs> um, Will I fire some of our staff? Who knows? Sometimes I've, I've done that um, uh, because, you know, people honestly, I'm not sure uh, when we'll do uh, bringing on more people. I kind of do it case by case basis. It's usually off season whenever it's slow. My favorite is when people ask me like 15 games into the season if we're looking for folks. Um, and the answer at that point in the year is no, uh, because we're already well, well underway. Um, it's hard to onboard, but you know, um, always feel free to send me ideas. I can, yeah, I, I, we 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 love locked on mavs guys. It, many people probably don't remember this because it was a long time ago. But Nick uh and Nick was with our site for like two years, uh posting. We we before we got into shows ourselves, he actually would do an article and post every one on mavsmoneyball.com um before he we went to WFAA and do all that stuff. So we very much uh we very much like those guys. Um, they are our friends. Um we are friends with m- I mean, people hate me, but we're friends <laughs> with most of the Mavs community because uh, uh, we we just uh, you know it's it it should be that way. Um, all right, I think that's uh, that's enough rambling for me. I'm gonna go play some Diablo. Okay, uh, Necromancer absolutely slaps, and I'm really pissed mm-hmm. off at whoever told me to play barbarian because i just beat my head up against the wall
2: Oh, i'm so sorry for you
1: it's all right I'm a, I'm a i'm a bone shard necromancer and i just like rain hellfire and i'm like this is awesome
2: yeah there you anyway. go
1: yes uh someone in the chat says listen to kevin uh go listen to kevin gray's show too him and um him and my our friend grant are great there's they're slightly biased I, I really like all the different shows out there our guy bibbs uh him and Reese they they do the Mavs outsider show there is I mean there's so many shows and and we did a, a, a pod like a, a post on this earlier I'm always happy to promote other people's work because uh you know uh you, there should be different voices and I was having a conversation about this earlier this week I really think like if you are like listening to the show and you want to do this um 21 going on 77 thank you Leo those are our, love me some SJ and Dwight but if you are like thinking about podcasting you should do it it's not particularly hard but you should do it if you have something to say not because you want audience because you want to get these thoughts out josh and i started doing this primarily because we were like talking about all this stuff anyways so we figured we might as well like share it with people that's kind of what it comes down to <laughs> um all right everybody be good enjoy the rest of the week let's try to uh stay hydrated this heat is preposterous Um, I hope you guys get to go see the movies you want to go see. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to see Oppenheimer. It's really like four hours at a movie theater. It's it's just, it's hard. It's hard to find that time.
2: It is hard. It is hard. I mean, I'm I'm literally taking a PTO day tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, that's right. (laughs) We're going at 1030 in the morning. (laughs) Everybody
1: leave Josh alone. He's going to go sit and see Oppenheimer. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, everybody be good. We'll talk a little later this week. Look for the broadcast on Friday. Go Mavs.